What's up, guys? Welcome to the Depressed Fan Sports Podcast. My name is Etienne. I'm here with my co-host, Kai. And we got a lot of things to talk about today. We got Matthew Stafford, the trade. We're going to talk all about that. Deshaun Watson, um, how his market is affected by it. Some, some Raiders talk and our Super Bowl predictions, man. Super Bowl's coming up. So, yeah, Kai, let's start it off. Um, first things first, let's talk about this blockbuster trade. Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff pretty much in a swap um, except the Lions got, I think it was two first rounders, not for this year, but for future years. And then a second round pick. That is huge. I don't think anyone saw this coming, especially to the Rams. Um, Who do you think won the trade? I'm really curious to hear what you got to say. I'm going Detroit, man. I think they got so much in return. I mean, the one knock though is Jared Goff's contract. And in my opinion, the only reason why Detroit got two first-rounders is because Goff's contract was so bad, the Rams just wanted to, to get rid of it. But, I mean, if I'm the Lions, I would take on I would take on his contract. You're getting two first-rounders, and arguably those two first-rounders are better in the upcoming years because this year, I mean, you're not really having a combine or workouts because of the whole COVID situation. So you could argue that the draft picks in the next two years they're actually more valuable because you're going to have the normal draft process and you'll have a better idea of which player is better. Um, but yeah, I love it. Jared Goff isn't that bad too. I mean, if anything, he'll be a bridge quarterback and they'll just cut him in two years. But I mean, I love it from Detroit side and LA. Matt Stafford has been underrated as hell and he's actually going to go to a good team. So I'm excited for them and what Sean McVay can do. Yeah, it's very interesting because at first I was thinking like, oh, they had to add Jared Goff to the trade. Um, but really what it is, is, um, they're doing LA a favor by taking in his, uh, his contract. Although LA does have to take the cap penalty. They are so far under the cap now. It was a really interesting move by them because, you know, they're going all out. They're going all out for Super Bowl, And it's really obvious from the years, 2017, to 2023 they will not have a first round draft pick their last first round draft pick was Aaron Donald other than Jared Goff sorry their last first round draft pick that's still on the team is Aaron Donald so you can see they don't really value these first round draft picks at all so I guess it makes sense if you're their front office it's really interesting for the Lions because people were saying that they were in contention to take a quarterback at seven and they were they were could have even traded up for a quarterback to like Miami spot, but now they obviously aren't going to do that. So it's really interesting to see like maybe they're going to try to develop Jared Goff into his Super Bowl season form, or he could just be that bridge guy until they use one of their future first round picks to get a quarterback. What do you think? Yeah, I think Goff is at least now the temporary idea, and the belief is that. This guy could, I mean, he, he still could be the franchise quarterback. He was taken number one overall for a reason. I mean, his mobility does, or it is an issue, but Goff still has the tools. He still has a strong arm, and I like the coaching staff in Detroit. Uh, they brought on a former quarterback in Matt, wait, no, Mark Brunell is quarterback's coach. I really like that. And then Anthony Lynn is OC. So the coaching staff, I think they could definitely work with Jared Goff. And I guess the one problem with his development is the receivers because their top three receivers are all free agents, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr., and Danny Amendola. So they obviously got to get him some more help besides just TJ Hawkinson. But yeah, I mean, Goff is going to be the guy for two years at least because even if they cut him next year, 
they're still gonna uh, have cap ramifications. So that's how bad the contract was. That's how desperate LA was to get rid of his contract. And that's why they threw in the extra first rounder. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, one thing that you got to consider is that with Anthony Lynn as the OC, I think it's a perfect fit to have Goff there because, look, Anthony Lynn took uh, Philip Rivers to a 12-4 and season just a couple years ago. And we all know Philip Rivers <laughs> isn't exactly your most mobile quarterback. So I, he knows how to work with pocket passers, and he's going to make the best of it. One thing I do hope to see is um, DeAndre Swift getting more involved in the passing game just kind of like uh, maybe like Austin Eckler was for uh, the Chargers. And also, they need more slot receivers. They're probably going to lose Galladay in free agency, probably going to lose Marvin Jones in free agency. They need to invest heavily in that position in free agency and in the draft. And lucky for Detroit, they're picking number seven, and there's a lot of good receivers in this draft. So they shouldn't have a problem. It could go Jalen Waddle can fall there. I doubt Devontae Smith falls, but man, they have a lot of options. Really? Well, I mean, I I think he should fall. I don't think he's worthy of being picked top five, but you never know. Some teams like to reach just to make sure they get their guy. Yeah, that is true. Now let's uh, shift the conversation towards an even bigger story than Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff, something that is very, very affected from that trade, the Deshaun Watson trade rumors. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's market is definitely, uh, definitely getting bigger and bigger by the day. And this past trade with the Matt Stafford, I think it does increase the amount teams are going to have to give up. I don't think it's going to like make the Texans ask for two extra first rounders. But I think they could definitely ask for maybe a second in addition to what teams are already thinking about offering. In my opinion, I think three, three first and maybe a mid-round pick is going to be worth Deshaun Watson. Um, but the thing is, like I said earlier, man, L.A. gave up two first-rounders just because his contract was so bad. Because Matt Stafford was worth one first-rounder, but they had to throw in the other first and the mid-round pick just to dump his contract. Um, and there's some, I mean, a lot of teams are interested in Deshaun Watson and... Carolina Panthers, I think they're still going to be one of the number one teams going after him. They offered to give up number eight overall to go uh, trade for Matt Stafford, and Detroit rejected that. So they clearly want to move on from Teddy Bridgewater. And oh fuck, here I, I can edit that out. All right, that's my bad. No, no, no. Let's just restart the segment. Here you go. All right, let's shift the conversation towards um, the Deshaun Watson trade rumors, which has been greatly affected. By the Matt Stafford trade because of the value of picks that Detroit got. And a lot of people have been asking the question, what is Deshaun Watson worth? What do you think? I think Deshaun Watson is probably worth three first rounders and maybe a mid to late round pick, like a third or a fourth in my opinion. I don't think Stafford being traded necessarily affects Deshaun Watson's trade value to where teams are going to have to give up another two firsts or anything just because a big reason why they had to give up an extra first rounder was to get rid of the contract. But Deshaun Watson's market is really big though. And some teams might actually give up four first rounders all in the future. I mean, Deshaun Watson's a hell of a quarterback. We all know I'd call him top five and he's on a really quarterback friendly deal. If you think about it, because he's getting paid around 37 to 42 million a year for the next four years. And the quarterback market is just going to keep on going up and going up. Pat Mahomes got that massive 50 mil a year deal. Guys like Josh Allen are going to be lined up for 
around probably a $45 million deal. So getting a top five quarterback for $40 million a year, basically, that's a steal. And I'd give up three first rounders and a mid round pick to go get that if I have the draft capital and if I think we could win now. What about you? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be worth just so much. I think, I think you'll probably end up going for, if no additional players are involved in the trade, just straight up draft picks. I think it'll be um, at least two firsts and then at least three second and third round picks, um, like two seconds and one third or two thirds and one second, as well as the first. But with all that load of draft picks, I think you can rule out two teams from getting him. Two teams that love building through the draft and two teams that really can't afford to invest their future all in one position. And I think those two teams are the 49ers and the New York Jets. I don't think those teams are going to be pursuing Deshaun Watson after this Matthew Stafford trade just because they like to build through the draft. And they just, especially the New York Jets, they can't afford to put all their chips in one position. What do you think about that, being a Jets fan? Yeah, I, I think it's unlikely. Our GM loves the draft too much. I mean, if the price is right, though, he'll make the move. I can almost guarantee that. But if we have to give up four first-rounders, I don't see him doing it. Even if it's three first-rounders, unless unless it's like our unless it's one of our firsts this year, our first next year, and then uh, the other first in 2023, if it's spread out evenly, he might consider it because it's not that hard on us now because we got a lot of holes. But I agree with the Niners, man. I don't really, I don't see them trading for Deshaun Watson. They don't really have the draft capital to go get him. And like you said, um, they do love drafting. And, and they've hit on a lot of their draft picks, especially in the first round now. So I don't really see them parting ways. I could definitely see them just opting to go with the quarterback through the draft. I think it's probably the safer option. And it's better for the future long term. Because if you trade for Watson, you're going to suffer a little bit. Especially if you're the Niners and you don't have the best draft position. Um, you're going to have to give up more picks 100 percent, and uh you know it's really interesting for the Niners because we we could see them trading up um for a quarterback which would totally shake up the whole draft process since since there is just this quarterback class it's crazy it's so top heavy and then you kind of kind of have Mac Jones in there it it'll be really interesting to see what they do and it'll also be greatly affected if, for example, like the Carolina Panthers, if they take, if they get Deshaun Watson through a trade, then that eight pick is probably with the Houston Texans. They could take a quarterback at a, just this whole offseason situation is going to be completely crazy. Yeah. Draft day is, I mean, as soon as we start heading into March, there's going to be a lot of rumors about who goes where, who wants quarterback. But yeah, it's going to be so interesting. Trevor Lawrence is off the board, but honestly, anything can happen. After pick number one, Jets could trade down. Dolphins could trade down too, because um, they're. I, I highly doubt they're going to draft quarterback. If anything, they'll go for Deshaun Watson. Falcons, I don't think they should go with quarterback, but I could definitely see them going there because, I mean, they're probably not going to be picking at pick number four anytime soon. Um, yeah, this draft is going to be so interesting, but who do you think the Niners' quarterback could be next year? You know, I think that you could see the Niners trading up to three, five, the five with the Bengals pick, three with the Dolphins, obviously, 
or maybe that eight pick if the Panthers are there um, or the if the Texans are there through a Deshaun Watson trade. And I think that if they had a choice between um, Justin Fields and Trey Lance, I think that they would end up taking Trey Lance. It's 100% controversial of me to say that, but I think that Trey Lance has what the Niners are looking for, which is good football IQ and athleticism. I mean, Justin Fields probably has a better arm and accuracy, but he does not have the football IQ that Kyle Shanahan wants and needs. You know, it'll really be interesting to see also where Zach Wilson will go, if he'll go ahead or below Justin Fields. It is just so weird. Two, three, and four for the quarterbacks in the draft this year. Um, other than, uh, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, there is so much talk about who's the uh, quarterback number two and number three. It's going to be so interesting. Yeah, this might be the this might be one of the most interesting drafts probably since – I'd say maybe 2018 with the whole uh, quarterback class in that entire class. I mean, but this there's... one's better. This one's better. Those were all mm. those were all like project quarterbacks. When you think of like Sam Donald, in a way, was he was so young, he was definitely a project. And then obviously yeah. Josh Allen, Josh Rosen never, never. Lamar Jackson was a hell of a project. Yeah, I. This one, the only projects I see are are Trey Lance is somewhat of a project and I think um Justin Fields should be a project but I think whichever team takes him will plan to start him from the get-go instead of sitting him Trey Lance I think will be sat for the first year yeah I could see Trey Lance getting sat year one just learn behind a quarterback and that's the thing with the Niners I mean if they go ahead and draft Trey Lance they don't really have to start him day one because garoppolo he's not that good but i mean he's still serviceable they can still win games with him and i mean a big reason why they finished like six and ten this year is because their whole defense was i mean pretty much hurt the entire time but um i think trey lance definitely is a is more of a kyle shanahan type of pick there i'm with you there um one other thing we wanted to say about this whole deshaun watson situation there has been heating up rumors that the Raiders are interested. And they have Derek Carr. So how do you think that would work? I think the Raiders are interested. And when I say the Raiders, I think John Gruden is interested. <laughs> it, the entire time since John Gruden has been in L.A. slash Oakland, there's always been rumors about him wanting a new quarterback and him not really wanting Derek Carr. I, I, I mean, whenever you go watch his press conferences and stuff, he doesn't, he doesn't really praise Derek Carr. I mean, he'll literally praise Nathan Peterman and say, oh, I see a lot of Nathan Peterman, but, but rarely like speak like that about Derek Carr. Um, do I think it's realistic that they go trade for Deshaun Watson? Not really. I think I, I just don't see Deshaun Watson wanting to go to the Raiders, first of all, because they don't, they don't have the best offensive talent. And I've been seeing some mocks where, uh, where the Raiders would be trading away Waller or another piece on their offense in the deal to get Watson. I mean, the Raiders, they've, they've kind of tried this before. They traded for Carson Palmer, didn't work out. And yeah, it is different then, different head coach, different times. But I think the Raiders still have a lot of holes on the team, and trading for Deshaun Watson does not fix it all because Carr... He's good. I mean, you could definitely improve from him, but he's not really the problem in Oakland. 
It's the it's the defense and some pieces on the offense. They lack some uh, receivers that can really change the game. I mean, they have Nelson Aguilar and Darren Waller as the only two receivers. Henry Ruggs was kind of a letdown, honestly, and you can blame that on the coaching staff, or I would. I think they should have used him more. But Yeah, I think Henry Ruggs was misused. I don't think he's like you should date him like a bust or anything this early. But I think, look, Hunter Renfro, he's a good slot receiver. Nelson Aguilar can stretch the field, but he is a free agent. Um, at 17, they might go wide receiver. I think that's definitely in play. They can go receiver in the second or third round. The class is very deep. I don't think the offensive talent is a problem, especially you have an established run game, a pretty good offensive line. Um, obviously, I, I do think the receivers need some work, but I think that with this offseason, with uh, this free agent class and with this draft class, it shouldn't be that hard to fix. Um, but I don't think they could end up trading for him based on their draft capital, not having any picks this year above the 17th earliest in each round. And also, I just don't think they would be able to get rid of Carr in any trade since he does have a big contract and he is like sort of a mediocre quarterback. His contract is a problem. I think he's getting paid around thirty mil a year, and the Texans. I think they're, I think they're over the cap. I don't know. I could be wrong. They're either over by ten million or under by ten mil. They have, they're they're above, but they have very oh, little. Yeah, um, but I I think it would I think it would kind of cancel out if they send over Watson. So it could work out, but I I, I don't know. I, I just don't see it happening. I think a Houston would rather trade him to an NFC team and I could definitely see a team like the Panthers offering a hell of a lot more than the Raiders can um but I mean I wouldn't rule it out if John Gruden really really wants him and says to Mike Mayock man we could we could be contending for Super Bowls with Sean Watson I could see Mayock pulling the trigger because they've they've kind of struggled man I mean Mayock could be on the hot seat in a few years and this might be something to save his ass I mean some of his draft picks are questionable. I don't think Cleveland Farrell is bad, but taking him at four, that was a that was a pretty big shocker. Henry Ruggs has been a letdown, but it's not really his fault. I think the Raiders have a lot of question. I mean, there's even been talks about Gruden being on the hot seat. I don't think that's going to happen because he does have a 10-year deal, but there's, there's a lot of interesting questions with the Raiders and the ways that they can go. And Deshaun Watson, he would make them better. I just don't really see it happening. You know, I think I just changed my mind. Really? It, it makes so much sense if you're the Raiders front office to get Watson, and I'll tell you why. All right, so they barely missed down the playoffs two years in a row. I think they went – they were 8-8. and eight. nine in both years. They were 8-8 eight and eight last year. Gruden is hungry for that extra push to get them in, into the playoffs. And they're in a division that has probably the rookie of the year, Justin Herbert, and also the best player in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes – they need to get a quarterback of that caliber. Why not put all your chips into Sean Watson? Like that would get that would give you a chance in that division. It's probably gonna be one of the hardest divisions in football for the next 10 years, just because you have the Chargers who are they look so promising. And then obviously the Chiefs are a dynasty. I think they have to like at least attempt. At, they'll at least try, and Gruden will push it. I think it's going to be a bidding battle between them and Carolina. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, John Gruden definitely wants him. I mean, he's not going to say, no, I don't want Deshaun Watson. I'll, you know, Derek Carr's a better quarterback. He's not saying that. Um, but 
Yeah, I, I mean, but the thing, the thing about that is the Raiders' defense, it's not good. They have so many issues on defense, and if you're trading away a lot of draft capital for Watson, good luck fixing all those holes on the defense because you, you need to be able to fix them, or at least some of the holes through the draft and others in free agency, but you can't just do it all in free agency. Deshaun Watson has a big contract, too. Uh, it's $10 million more than Carr, so I, I think it would definitely make them a better team, but it still doesn't fix their defense. Yeah, I mean, their defense was pretty terrible last year. But I don't think it's like a million holes away from being good, like some other defenses in the NFL, like, for example, the Texans. But with the Raiders, they, they need to generate more pressure, and they need a solid corner number one. When they get that, they'll be at least decent, and then they can, they can build from there. But I, I don't think that's their – biggest issue i think their biggest issue for the next decade will be how do you challenge the chiefs and they beat the chiefs once this year you might say that game was a fluke or something it probably was a fluke i mean they're not as good as the chiefs um but i don't think that getting a good defense is going to save them in that division because you're playing against four they're going to be playing four games against two really explosive offenses. I don't know. I, I feel like they just need to get some plug-and-play guys on defense, and they should try all their chips for Watson. See, the thing is, I mean, if you're going for Watson and you're the Raiders, your goal is to just outscore them. But these teams, I I think the Chiefs and the Chargers would still outscore the Raiders, even with Deshaun Watson. They just have better playmakers around them. Like in L.A., I mean, you got Keenan Allen on one side, elite receiver, and you got Mike Williams, and you have a solid guy. I, I think his last name is Johnson or something. I really like him. He's good at stretching the field. And then for the Chiefs, I mean, Andy Reid can, can brew anything up. As we all know, he's probably the smartest mind in football. He's going to make everything work. They got Tyree Kill. Uh, Watkins is probably going to come back. They could probably draft another receiver. Um, so I, I, I just think, I just think the defense, it definitely needs to be improved in Vegas. And yeah, you can get some plug and play guys, but you can't just mortgage um, your future for the next two years and completely ignore um, the biggest problem. In, in my opinion, is the defense. It's it's the main reason why they. I think they finished like what one in one in five or one in six the rest of the year. The defense was horrendous, man. So bad. They gave up like 200 yards rushing in back-to-back weeks against the Jets and the Colts. So defense is the problem. Deshaun Watson, I think I think he would make them a 9-7 and to 10-6 and team, but I think they could be a first-round bounce even with him. You know, I'll tell you what. Another thing you got to consider is how bad the Raiders have drafted since Gruden came in, right? They have had so many first-round picks since he made the Khalil Mack and the Amari Cooper trades early on. And look what they did with them. They got Jonathan Abrams, who is a mediocre safety. All right, they got a running back, Josh Jacobs. And when you draft a running back in the first round, they better be at Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Nick, Nick Chubb level. Josh Jacobs has not been. He's been good, not great, not anything special. I think he's a second-round talent. They drafted him in the first round. Um, They got Cleland Farrell at the fourth overall pick, and he has not really turned out good. Henry Ruggs, they took him at number 11. He was the first receiver off the board, and he didn't play like the first receiver off the board. 
So you get my point. I don't think that they're confident in their drafting. They might be willing to get rid of those picks in exchange for a proven superstar, like generational. Oh, I'm calling Deshaun Watson is a generational talent. Like he might not be the, he won't ever be the best quarterback in the NFL, but I think he was, he's always going to compete for it. Yeah. The Raiders definitely have a problem with drafting and I, I can see it happening. I'm not disagreeing with that. I just don't think it's necessarily the right thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I could see it happening. It's kind of a last effort by Mike Mayock because I could see him getting fired after this year. Uh, he's not really on on the ten year deal that Gruden is. So with Gruden, they can't really they can't really fire him and move on. But with Mayock, they could definitely do it. And I mean, I'd definitely like or I'd be interested to see what the Raiders could do with Deshaun Watson. I think their offense would be probably top five, maybe top, yeah, probably top five. But I think they just have so many holes that they they just they just can't afford to do that. But I mean, at least it would bring a superstar to to Las Vegas, and it would be an upgrade over Carr, and they would be in better contention for the AFC West. I just don't think it's the right move. Yeah, I mean, it is a toss up. It's de- it depends how you look at things. Like if you want if you want to put all your chips in this one guy, or if you want to build for the draft, upgrade other parts of your team. We'll see. We'll see. It, it's an interesting situation. There's so many ways that this Deshaun Watson trade could go. Um, let's talk about the Super Bowl. It's in three days. Probably the best day of the year for everyone, unless you are a fan of the Raiders <laughs> and you don't want to watch Patrick Mahomes in there again. But who do you got? Who do you got? Just lay it on me. I still, I'm rocking with my prediction from, I think, a week ago. I'm sticking with the Bucks. Uh, I just have a, like, man, I don't want to pick them. I hate Tom Brady. I fucking hate him, but I just can't bet against him at this point. The Bucks are so stacked. I just can't see the Chiefs winning still. What about you? Um, I wouldn't take the Chiefs in, in the Vegas spread. But I would take them straight up. I think they're going to win. I'm not super confident in them winning. I think they're going to find a way. My perspective has not really changed. They have Sammy Watkins. He's going to be healthy. They have a bad offensive line coming into this game. But it's Andy Reid. They'll find other ways. I just don't see Bruce Arians like winning a Super Bowl. I mean, part of the whole thing with Brady is that you know, he, he had six rings. He's been in nine Super Bowls, but there's always that talk about, like, him getting lucky. And if he can barely win and barely do it with Bill Belichick as his head coach, I mean, we're talking not uh, 28 and three game. I mean, he got bailed out with that Julian Elman catch. He was bailed out with the Malcolm Butler interception. I don't think he's going to be able to win with Bruce Arians. Right. Bruce Arians is definitely a worse coach. Like I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of him as a head coach. I think he's a better coordinator. Um, but you know, I, I do think the game will be close. It's, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, like forty-five to like ten or anything. Um, Andy Reid shown in the past. I mean, back in I think it was '04 when when the Eagles. I mean, he was the head coach of the Eagles, and they were they were playing the Patriots. I mean, Terrell Owens was playing on a on a broken leg, and they still made it a three point. I think it was a three point Super Bowl game. Um, but yeah, Andy Reid's a better coach, and I think he will make a way uh, to to kind of 
stop the bleeding on the o-line or at least um make it a little bit better probably some more you'll probably see some more quick passes um than deep shots just because against that pass rush uh, you're 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 not going to be taking three step dropbacks and just slinging it downfield because Mahomes is going to be on the ground more than half the time if you do that. Um, but man, the Bucks have they they have so much talent. I just can't see them losing. If they did, it would be probably the biggest disgrace in the NFL this season if they lost the Super Bowl with that really? much talent. They have dude, they're loaded everywhere. I I agree with you, but I mean, losing to the Chiefs is not anything to be ashamed of. I mean, here's the thing. Everyone undervalues the strength of the Chiefs defense because obviously, and rightfully so, that offense like kind of outshines them because you have just so many stars. But that defense improves every single year and the team improves with it. I mean, they got out they got Legereus Need in like the second or third round, and he's the best corner in the draft. All right. So their secondary is great. Tyron Matthews has been having a great playoff run. He's been playing probably his best football I've ever seen him play lately. Um, you know, their linebacking core improved this offseason. They are really good in the run game. They got a lot of pressure versus the uh, Bills a few weeks ago. And they're going to be facing a Bucks offense that can be stagnant at times. It looks like they have, like, on paper, it's a great offense, right? you got Scotty Miller. I love how I said his name first. You got Mike <laughs> Evans, Chris Godwin, a great running game. Leonard Fournette's been great lately, but they were standing at times against um, the Packers. They were, I, they weren't that stagnant against the um, football team, but towards the end of the season, and especially in the middle of the season, they had a lot of like problems getting on the same page with Brady. And how hard is it to get on the same page as Tom Brady? I mean, it's Tom Brady. It, it, it's I, I'm not saying that I'm worried about the Bucks defense, I mean offense, but I am skeptical that they'll be able to go out every single drive and be successful, and I think that's what you have to do to beat the Chiefs. Yeah, um, brought up a good point. Honestly, the one thing that makes me think that this is going to be a closer game is definitely the Chiefs defense. They've been balling out, like you said, man. They they basically hit a home run in the draft with Legarius Sneed. And I don't think, or I can't think of a better defensive coordinator you want to be going up against Tom Brady, Steve Spagnuolo, the guy who's beaten him twice um, in both Super Bowls, I believe, man. So, I mean, he knows how to limit Tom Brady. He stopped there. He stopped his uh, then 18 and 0 season. He knows how to limit him. And yeah, it is different, but he's done a, he's done a hell of a job with this Chiefs defense. And the Chiefs defense showed up last Super Bowl. So I have a lot of confidence in them showing up in this Super Bowl too. Um, I definitely think we'll, I think they'll get some stops against the against the Bucks. Excuse me, but if they can get some turnovers, force Brady to throw some interceptions because the Packers defense they forced Brady to throw some interceptions. He threw three in that game, so it's definitely possible. And if, for the Chiefs to have a real shot at winning, I I think they need to get at least two turnovers, whether it's an interception or um or or returning a fumble or something. Um, I think that's I think that's my I think that's one of my keys for the Chiefs winning is creating turnovers on defense because yeah the Bucks can't stall out on times but you got to capitalize and come away with points. Look, I definitely think that the Chiefs can get two turnovers. I think they can get even more. I mean, the Packers have a pretty bad secondary except for Jair Alexander. They were still able to get three turnovers 
against the Bucks last week. Aaron Rodgers never capitalized on those turnovers, unfortunately, which is probably the reason they lost. But, you know, the Chiefs are going to always capitalize on turnovers. I mean, Andy Reid has great football knowledge. He's very good situationally. They're great in the red zone. I mean, every single time the Chiefs get it in the red zone, I think especially in the Super Bowl, they're going to score. They're going to go for it on fourth down. I don't know. I just I, – I envision the Chiefs playing better Super Bowl football than the Bucks are. If you want to beat the Chiefs, the one thing you can't do is make mistakes. So if if the Bucks go ahead and make mistakes, I think the Chiefs could win. Um, I, I'm just not sure it's necessarily going to happen a lot, but – yeah, I mean the Chiefs—they are gonna go for it on fourth down, and that's scary. Even with even with the Bucks' good defense, I mean they still have Pat Mahomes as quarterback. They have Andy Reid as play caller. They can do all sorts of that wizardy and trick and trickery. Cool. Yeah, they have a lot of weapons, guys that you may not think would be like elite players, but they are. Travis Kelsey's elite. Tyree Kill is super elite. I think he's top five receiver in the NFL now. I, agree. I mean, they're they're the Chiefs are gonna put up points. It's just a fact. How many, though? That's the question. Can they outscore the Bucks? I don't really know, just because I think the Bucks are definitely going to stop the Chiefs a few times with their O line being injured, because they're 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 going to get pressure on Mahomes, and I could definitely see them stalling on some drives. But man, I'm so excited for this game. And if you bet on the Chiefs, and and you know you get worried because they fall back early. Don't be worried. I mean, they play better from behind, in my opinion. And they might, they probably, I think that they're going to end up falling behind at first, maybe 10 0, 13 0. They'll be 10 to 20 points behind. They can still come back from that. They can still, they can come back from that in six minutes of football. I mean, this Chiefs team, you never want to get caught on your back foot when you're playing against them because they, they can score so many points so fast. Great special teams as well, which is kind of an underrated aspect of uh, playoff games, um, especially the Super Bowl, where there's been a lot of recent kick return touchdowns in the last 20 years. But what I think will end up happening is that, like, the Bucks are the better team overall, but they're more mistake-prone, the Chiefs, and I think that's the reason the Chiefs will win. Yeah, it's definitely the advantage the Chiefs have over the Bucks. The Chiefs are just a, a better or a, they're just a better coach team. The, the the Bucks get way more penalties than the Chiefs do, in my opinion. And all I mean, the Chiefs are gonna have to win the penalty battle. They're gonna have to commit like I say three at the max for them to have a real shot because they they can't shoot themselves in the foot just like the Bucks can't. I mean, this is the Super Bowl we're talking about. Everything matters, like you said. Special teams. I think the Chiefs do have an edge in the special teams department. I could see them getting big returns and if they can get some good kickoff returns and that sets them up um at their own 40 i think it definitely gives them a better shot and the bucks man like like I, i'm i'm not entirely confident but I, I just can't bet against tom brady dude i just can't do it hey man if you're gonna bet against tom brady in any super bowl now is the time when he's playing patrick mahomes i mean I bet against Brady when he played Nick Foles, and obviously I won money there. So you never know. You never know what can happen. I mean, what do you think, though, about Todd Bowles? Um, how do you think he'll fare against this explosive Chiefs offense, being a Jets fan? 
I think it'll be something similar to the last time they played. I could see the Chiefs putting up probably probably around 32 to 35 or maybe no no no, I'm changing that. 32 to 37 points. I think that's what the Chiefs uh, probably will score on the Bucks because yeah, he coaches a really good defense but uh Andy Reid still found ways to to go ahead and counter um the Chiefs offense and Andy Reid, he's going to look at the film. He's going to see what Todd Bowles was scheming up and he's going to go implement new plays and new play designs to go counter them. So I could definitely see them scoring around the thirty mid thirties in points, and it honestly could be enough. I think that the Chiefs will be able to get pressure, and I don't think Brady is going to be going to have time to just play air raid against the Chiefs. I think that you know they have four good receivers, two elite receivers, but I only think one, maybe two of them, will have a huge impact, and. Especially Antonio Brown, I don't see him. I don't see him being that good in in the Super Bowl. I mean, they don't. The Bucks don't love to use him that much. I mean, he's had some big plays this season, but overall, he hasn't been anything special. I mean, he obviously he isn't his like prime Pittsburgh Steelers self anymore. But he's serviceable. I just don't think you know they're gonna exploit the Chiefs defense in that way. I think that you got to get the run game going, which will be hard, but I think you got to get the run game going if you're the Bucks. That's pretty much how their offense is run. They, they're run first a lot of the time, and especially last week. But, um, you know, I do want to talk about one other thing, is that the betting for the Super Bowl is really weird. If, you're, if you were going to bet, right, would you bet um, – if, if you were confident in the Chiefs, I know you're not, but if you were, how do you bet Kansas City minus 3.5? You can't. That's just the simple matters. You, you can't do it. If anything, it's going to be, it's going to come down to a three-point game, and if it, if it doesn't, if the Chiefs do end up winning by three, you're still going to lose the bet. So I, I think it's too risky, and it's the Super Bowl, too. I mean, it's Tom Brady. You don't bet against him. You, you just don't, and the Chiefs, or probably or they they have a good shot of winning i don't think it's going to happen but betting that i i i just couldn't do it i think the super bowl is just going to be too close look man i love to bet on the super bowl but i just can't this year i mean i can't i can't bet against Patrick Mahomes and i can't bet against Tom Brady the spread is really hard but one bet i might be doing is Sammy Watkins receiving yards over under 36.5 now let me explain how significant this is this is free money people all right last april sammy Watkins signed an extension that gave him an incentive that he had to score uh get a certain a certain snap count this season now his snap count is at like 65 percent and i think if he plays most of the game He'll get, he'll get to his incentive. It's like a $1 million incentive. But 36.5 receiving yards is so little considering how well Sammy Watkins was last year in the Super Bowl against a great 49ers defense. I mean, they might not be able to throw to Tyree Kill every single play and Travis Kelsey every single play. Sammy Watkins is that third weapon, and I think they're, he's going to get over 36.5 yards. You have to hammer that bet, people. I'm telling you. It's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, if anything, that's that's the bet you should make. Um, 
in gambling though i don't really think there's ever free money there's always yeah. some risk involved <laughs> all right to wrap it up i just want to talk about some weird some weird quarterback situations for this offseason and one of them involves your favorite team your favorite team's starting quarterback what are the options for um the jets plan with sam darnold we have two options pretty much that i see one uh we could keep him and with the number two pick we could trade down i don't see us picking a tackle there like well, like Penesuo or anything um we, we yeah basically we keep sam we trade down acquire more picks um probably take a receiver probably take a running back and just improve the offense maybe an, in, an interior lineman um and hope that since we're giving him more talent on the team he'll do better and with the new coach that he'll just finally um be what what everyone thought he could be and what his ceiling was but option b you trade him away now what can we get for him honestly i uh, i think i think we could probably get a second round pick and probably a fourth or a fifth with it i think a late first is a little too much to pay for sam Darnold just because he hasn't really shown that much. Um, like his rookie season, I, I thought I thought his rookie season was by, was by far his best. Um, twenty nineteen wasn't bad by any means, but there were definitely some issues that you can see on film. This year, oh my god, it was just horrible to watch. So I mean, but he was picked number three for a reason. He is talent to become an elite quarterback. He has the arm strength. He he's really good on the run. Like his mobility is super underrated. Um, I, in my opinion, the best aspect of his game is when he's improvising, when he's on the run. He is super accurate throwing when he's on the run. And, I mean, that's what you want. That's what the elite quarterbacks do. When the play isn't going how it's meant to go, and they make something out of nothing. That, that in my opinion, defines an elite quarterback. And Sam Darnold, man, with the right coaching staff, I think he can get it done. I think maybe if he sits, I'm not sure if, if sitting him for a whole year is the thing, but maybe for the first few weeks of the season, and getting him or and making sure that he he understands the system and he's creating chemistry with uh, the players on his team i think he could be pretty serviceable i think he could be a a 30 touchdown plus quarterback you know i really don't see sam Donald staying with the jets this season um just because the jets already have a lot of picks and i, I think that if they're planning on trading down from that second overall pick you know, they wouldn't get anything they don't already have, which is an influx of first and second round picks. What I think they could do is just take a quarterback at number two. That's the obvious thing. You got Zach Wilson. I think, you know, there's not much to dislike about Zach Wilson. Um, They could like Justin Fields. They could like even trading down a little bit for Trey Lance. But Sam Darnold is not worth getting a late first round pick. I don't think anyone anyone will do that like i guess the few teams you can see doing that is the colts but if you're the colts you'd rather just have mac jones with that potential the potential to be good the steelers who just signed dwayne haskins so that's off the table the saints who need the draft picks because they need the cheap contracts they're broke um i just don't see i just don't see a way sam Darnold can get get traded for anything less than a second and as you said a fourth round pick both of those together 
and I don't see him staying either. I think it's just going to be a pretty simple, pretty simple for Joe Douglas. Just trade him, get some mid round picks, and just move on. Take the next guy. I don't know. There's not much to be talked about that trade, in my opinion. Yeah, pretty much. We're we're not going to be picking two for a while, and with this quarterback class, with the talent that Zach Wilson has, I think he does have a higher ceiling than Darnold, just because he is he is more arm strength and he is uh, a bigger body, and it's also it's also just a fresh, uh, clean slate. You bring in a new coaching staff, you might as well just might as well just you know move on, part ways. It didn't work out because Adam Gase is terrible. Um, but now, man, new era, Mike Lafleur. I think he could do some wonders with Zach Wilson, so I'm excited to see. But I, I mean, I'll be rooting for Donald wherever he goes, man, because I, I like him. Uh, good kid. I mean, he's handled a lot in New York, a lot of shit going on, and he's still stuck through it, man. So, uh, whatever team that goes and gets him, I hope it works out, uh, for them. I really feel bad for him too, man. I mean, Adam Gates totally derailed that guy's career. I would love a Sam Donald resurgence in the NFC because I don't think the AFC needs any more quarterback talent that I already had. Um, How about, here's another guy whose offseason story is going to be interesting. Teddy Bridgewater. What's the deal with him? I think if the Panthers get Deshaun Watson, then Bridgewater's no longer the starter. But if they can't get Deshaun Watson, I think what the plan would be is to take a quarterback in the draft, such as Trey Lance, or if they go trade for Sam Darnold, they could start Teddy Bridgewater um, for maybe around the first half of the season, and then we see something like what the Dolphins did. Then you go play Trey Lance or Sam Darnold because Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, he's not bad, but they clearly want to move on from him. They offered their eighth overall pick to Detroit for Matt Stafford, so they, they think quarterback isn't uh, – they, they do think it's a pressing issue. I don't think it's as pressing as they think. Because Bridgewater, you're, I mean, you can still win games with him, but he's not the franchise guy. We all know that. He, I mean, when when he signed there, we knew it was just a bridge, a quarterback. But I think I think the plan is to rock with him maybe for a few weeks, and then you go move on to the other starter who's sat and learned a little bit more in the film room, who's built up the chemistry, um, especially Trey Lance. I, I I think Trey Lance starting week one in Carolina would be it would be pretty disastrous, and especially in a Joe Brady offense, you got to go learn. Yeah, I mean, also Trey Lance, considering that they really haven't played football in North Dakota State since last season. They weren't allowed to because of COVID regulations in that division. He needs to sit at first. You can't just throw him into the fire. But I think Teddy Bridgewater is that perfect quarterback to, like, be a placeholder, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, be a placeholder at the beginning of the season, just to get give your starter or give your future franchise guy time to adjust you think he could also be traded to another team and have that rule if they get Deshaun Watson or if they get uh Justin Fields and want to start Justin Fields right away but what are some teams that if in a trade Teddy Bridgewater could go to or do you think he can't be traded at all because no team will value him enough this is that's an interesting question I haven't really thought of that that much but I I'd say the one team that that could do it. I mean, I, I wouldn't really like it, but I mean, the system would be fine for him. I think. I think he could. I think he could do solid things. It's San Francisco. I think he could definitely do pretty solid there. I think he could post uh, thirty touchdowns and be a safe quarterback. I think he's a lot safer than Jimmy Garoppolo. 
And I, I mean, he could lead them to the playoffs. Teddy Bridgewater is not bad. And if you're pairing him up with Kyle Shanahan, the odds of him or the odds of his play really um, going up and improving kind of to, to what we saw sometimes in Minnesota, I think it's a real possibility. But I, I, I mean, even if he does go to San Francisco, it would be more of a bridge too. I don't see him being the full-time option there. Um, Colts doesn't really make sense in my opinion, and that's probably the other team I could see him going to. What about you? Yeah, he totally fits in with like the West Coast system. I mean, he went five and zero when he was with the Saints as a starter, when Breeze was injured, and I think that's why he was able to go somewhere and become a starter in uh in the twenty twenty season, just because of those five games. But I think that San Francisco still thinks that they can they can do something with a guy like him, even after he had a pretty poor mediocre poor season i mean i do think he's better than garoppolo right he he he's not mistake prone he's a safe thrower i mean he's not gonna give you great a great deep ball but san francisco doesn't need that in their offense i mean they they don't do they don't really like to stretch the field anyways they like the short passing game they like the tricky the tricky play action um run the ball down your throat jet sweep teddy bridgewater is perfect for that i think they could end up trading for him um if if carolina is willing to let him go but other than that i can't really see him going anywhere else maybe uh, denver although i doubt that i don't know it's a weird situation for the carolina panthers yeah, the Panthers are in an interesting spot because if they if they nail this offseason, if, if they do everything right, I could definitely see them being in the playoffs easily, man. They are they they have a lot of good talent. They're they're a young team too. That's what's really nice. I like what I, I like a lot what Matt Rule's doing there. Um, but I they they do gotta move on and get a better quarterback for them to be elevated to the next level. You know, I forgot to say this. One thing is that's really, really interesting is reports came out after the Stafford trade that Carolina was so close to getting him, to getting Stafford, that they almost, that they literally had his medical records. Like they already had started exchanging like the medical records and stuff. But then the Rams ended up obviously outbidding the Panthers for Matt Stafford. Like, what I'm wondering is if if the Panthers were reluctant to add in Teddy Bridgewater to the trade, such as the the um, Rams added in Jared Goff to get um, Matt Stafford. Could that be the case? I don't think it was necessarily the deal breaker. I think Detroit would have gladly taken Teddy Bridgewater, though, because Detroit needs a bridge, too, and Jared Goff could be the bridge or he could be the guy. Um, I think he has a better chance of being the guy than than Teddy Bridgewater would if he was traded there. But um, I, I think it's just a simple case of of Detroit valuing what the Rams gave them. And, and like I said earlier on in the podcast, I think the first rounders in these upcoming next two years are are somewhat more valuable than the ones this year, just because the whole really? draft process is yeah, it's normal because this year you're not getting a combine really, you're not getting um the workouts in, in in indianapolis you're doing online interviews via zoom so it's not in person i think i think those first rounders are a lot valuable 
I disagree. I disagree with that. I think that this year's draft class is among the best we've ever seen, especially the first round, the second round. I mean, I think that there's going to be first round talent that's going to fall all the way back to third round in this year's draft just because just because of A, the draft process is so weird with COVID, and B, it's stacked at so many positions, wide receiver, edge, tackle, everywhere, I think, in most positions, except I would say like inside defensive line kind of isn't the best. Mm-hmm. And um, linebacker is, isn't that great either. But other than those two positions, I think pretty much everywhere on the field you have you're going to have you're going to find great talent in the second and third rounds and i think now is the perfect time to get a lot of draft picks which is why i think teams like the jets the jags and the dolphins are so lucky with so many picks in this draft because i think it's so good and i don't know if i was a, if i was an nfl general manager i would want to have as many picks as i could this year especially early picks like the number 8 pick that the um panthers have where you can get a quarterback like Trey Lance, Justin Fields, you can get a wide receiver. You know, there is a lot of good corner back talent up there. I don't know. I, I like this draft class. I don't I don't get that argument. I think it's just easier for a general manager, especially with a new guy like Brad Holmes. See, that's the thing. It's his first go around as a general manager. Um it's I think it's just safer for him to to do what on paper is the better trade and maybe Maybe uh, he has a better understanding of evaluating player talent um, in this draft, and then next year or the next two years, he can really look back and be like, "Hmm, okay, um, what, what like what, what what mistakes can I made? How can I improve the draft process? Uh, like, how can we scout out players better and really get to know them more? Because I think I, th- I think it's just harder to really understand who the type of player or person that these players are this year." And I think it's I think it's pretty important in Detroit just because uh, Dan Campbell's the head coach. So I I mean I, I personally it's just me. I mean I, I you could totally make a valid argument, and I agree with like the Panthers. I think them giving up number eight, I would have taken that just because it's number eight, and the Lions would have number seven and number eight, so they could take both of their guys without worrying about another team taking their guy there. But or they could trade one of them up and then trade the other back. Get a uh like lose some picks initially get the quarterback and then gain some picks back from trading that second pick back i think it would have been great for them yeah that i mean if i was a gm i'd do that all day every day i mean i thought about that before during the draft like if i was a team's gm i'd think about doing that but um some some nfl gms it just doesn't go in their head it's more of a madden thing even though i think it I, even though i do think more gms should really think about doing that um but yeah man and then lastly, um, let's go over Jameis Winston and the Saints. Sean Payton yesterday, he said he was going to probably be rolling with uh, – I think he guaranteed it, honestly. I, I'm, it sounded like he guaranteed it. They want If they re-sign Jameis, he's going to be the starter in 2021. I don't know. Uh, that's so weird, especially playing in, that, in the NFC South again. Defenses already know him. <laughs> They know how to play defense against him, obviously. I mean, the guy threw 30 uh, interceptions two seasons ago. I think it's so interesting. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And if you told me last season that when 
the Saints did sign Jameis Winston, that he was going to stay in New Orleans and potentially be the guy moving forward, I would be really skeptical. But I think Winston deserves at least another year to prove himself. I think he he definitely has the talent to do so. He was picked number one overall for a reason. And we did see some good things in Tampa Bay, but if Sean Payton can just limit the turnovers, man, he could be very serviceable for them in the future. And I don't think he can get a big contract anywhere else. I think the Saints could bring him back for probably a one-year, two- to three-million-dollar deal. But the problem is, can they even afford to do that? I mean, they're in cap hell, and they're going to have to find ways to free up money to go get him. But I think I think the Saints could be... Well, actually, no, 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 scrap that. The Saints, are, they're, they're going to be pretty bad this upcoming year just because they're going to have to get rid of so many good players. But I think Jameis Winston, it wouldn't really be his fault if they went like 2-14 and 14 or 3-13. and 13. Yeah, I definitely don't think they're going to be 0-16 just because of the quality of coaching that they have with Sean Payton. But, I mean, they're, they're in a rebuilding. They're going to try to rebuild for the next, I want to say, three to four years, just because it's going to take them so long to get back on the front foot. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who they cut and how it'll affect free agency because there's going to be so much more free agents just coming from the Saints. Um, also trading, I mean, Saints might want to get rid of those big contracts through trading and they could rebuild with draft picks. So that, that'll be interesting. Look for Ryan Ramchak to be in that conversation, the great right tackle who is on the last year of his contract, but but he is expensive for this last year. I think he's upwards of eleven million. That whole team, we could spend a whole hour talking about their cap situation and how we would fix it. But let's not get into that. Let's wrap things up here. Um Make sure to support the podcast, share it with your friends. This is Kai with my co-host Etienne, and we're out.